hey, hey. Good morning. I didn't tell you to sit down. I know. I'm so bossy. I've been up here all of two seconds. I'm going to have you stand because we're going to pray in a moment. But before I do that, I want to say, first of all, thank you for the entrustment of the platform this morning. I don't take it lightly. I am a local church girl. I've been in the same local church all my life, and I know what it is to work hard to build the house of God. And so I did not build this house. I have not invested in this house. You guys have, and your leadership has. And so for me to have this moment is something I don't hold lightly. I want to give you a word today to help build you. You might have noticed that I have a different voice than you. Um, I don't have an accent. You have an accent. I speak English. And you have a version of my language. (laughs) Today I may say some words and you're like, that's not the right word. People, it is the right word. It began at my side of the ocean. It came over the ocean and you did some weird stuff with it. Like, y'all is not a real word, okay? Just so you all know, that's you and all pushed together. That's not real. But I married an American, so I'm bilingual. So I understand you completely. We're all good. Trying to get all that stuff out of the way. Times we get distracted. It's a new person that we've not seen before. It's a voice we're not used to. And those things can distract us from what God wants to say. So I want to get all that out of the way. We're family. I'm part of God's family. I might live an ocean away, but we're family. And I'm going to speak to you like family. I think you need to know that today. I, I'm not a blesser. I'm a builder. And builders talk differently than blessers. I'm not a wow preacher, in case you came for that. Take the W off the beginning of that word, and that's more the preacher I am. I'm an ow preacher, okay? You're going to go ow a few times today, because you're going to feel like I just slapped you around the face with the word of God. But it's all good. (laughs) You know, the word of God needs to encourage us, but it also needs to challenge us. The Word of God needs to comfort us, but it also needs to grow us. And some days you need sweet candy for your soul to soothe you, but other days you need greens to grow you for your future. And so I want to give you some greens today, okay? And I have been preaching since I was 21. I'm 51 this year. So a long time preaching, long time preaching. And I just realized, you know, when I have preached all around the world that there can be people in a room like this and one person can hear the word and the tears are coming down their face and they're completely having a moment and there's something happening on the inside and they leave different than they came in. And then a few seats away, there's someone that looks exactly the same as when they came in and they leave exactly the same as they came. And you're like, what happened? Well, what I want you to know is there's nothing faulty about this word. The Bible calls this seed. But the Bible also tells us that there can be something faulty with the soil. And that's your part. The seed is about to be flung out. But the soil is where it lands. And if you this morning have soil that's hardened because you've had a hard few months... Soil that's disappointed or anxious 
or distracted, then when the seed is flung out, it will get choked or it will bounce off the surface of your heart. And I don't want that to happen. I believe every single one of you today could have transformation, but you're gonna have to fix your soil. So God, we stand in your presence. Even the fact that we are able to say that should be enough for us to surrender in any area we need to. We're in the presence of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Holy of Holies. God, I ask you would forgive us for where we have listened to your word as if it's just another word. And God, I pray today for every single person in this room and under the sound of my voice, that right now they would fix their soil and give you permission, God, to do what only you can do. I pray today for transformation in this house, for revelation in this house. And God, I pray as I always do, that I would get out of the way so that you can have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may take your seats. So there was a group of young men doing life like they did every other day in their boat, which was their business, surrounded by the people that were their community, taking care of their day-to-day responsibilities. Only on this day, a man walks by their boat. And as he walks by their boat, he simply says two words, follow me. He doesn't stop and explain where they would be following him to. He doesn't give any introduction of who he is or what his agenda may be. He simply lays an invitation at their door and keeps on walking. At the sound of those two words, these men jumped up from their boat, left everything that they knew, their business, their family, their friends, all the things that their identity was found in, they got up and left everything they knew to follow a man they did not know because there was something so magnetic about Jesus that they could not resist the pull of the words that were inside of him. They could not refuse the invitation to follow someone who seemed to have an understanding beyond any understanding they had ever experienced before. They knew there was something about this man that was different. And that day they left their boats and began the journey of becoming disciples. The root word disciple means to become a student. That day, they went back to school. And every day following that day, they would be in the classroom of learning from the teacher who was Jesus. 
They would lean into his words and they would watch his ways. They would listen to his way of communicating and they would stand in awe and wonder at the miracles that he would perform to the people that he touched. They every day woke with a sense of expectancy and lent into him with a sense of willingness to learn. One day, Jesus came by your boat came by your life, your business, your family, your world. And you also heard those two words, follow me. And you left whatever it was that you were in to begin the journey of learning from this Jesus, of being in his company. But I have a feeling for many that somewhere along the way, We had a conversation internally with Jesus that went something like this. Thank you, Jesus, for getting me out of my boat. But if you don't mind, I'd like to reverse the roles. I know it was me following you, but I would prefer it if you would follow me. Jesus, I'd like it if you'd follow me and bless what I choose. Follow me and put your hand on the relationship I want. Follow me and get involved with whatever I choose to get involved with. And I'm here to let you know today there is no such deal on the table. So many of us have forgotten that our job is to follow him all the days of our life, to seek him every single morning, to seek him every single day of our life, that we are called to be the eternal student of Jesus, choosing his ways over our ways and his words over our words. And yet so many of us have drifted from that place in our relationship with Jesus. The Bible tells us in James 4 that if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. And oh, do we want Jesus to draw near to us, but we forget that our movement is the first one required. It is our drawing near to him that causes him to draw near to us. Maybe we have so much information we've stopped seeking revelation. So many opinions, we stop seeking the truth. We're so immersed in our culture, we stop seeking the kingdom. So we have so much excess, it's caused us to seek him less. But I'm here to remind you, Victory Church, that you are a seeker. And that you need to get back to the job of seeking. Because if you are not seeking, there's only one other place that you are. And that is hiding. In Genesis 2, we see that Adam and Eve are walking in the cool of the day with God. They are seeking his face and seeking his company. They're seeking to be in intimacy with God. They're seeking to know his ways and his thoughts. And then sin enters the garden. And the first consequence of sin is that Adam and Eve go from seekers to hide us. And ever since then, the enemy has had the exact same plan for your life and mine. He does not want you seeking because he knows the Bible better than most Christians. 
The enemy knows that there are verses in the Bible like Proverbs 8 that tells us that if you seek Him, you will find Him. So the enemy doesn't want you seeking because he knows you're going to find Him. He doesn't want you seeking Him as provider because he knows you'll find Him as provider. He doesn't want you seeking Him as your forgiver because he knows you'll find Him as your forgiver. And so he wants you hiding in lies and hiding in your problems and hiding in your pride and hiding in your busy calendar. He doesn't want you to realize that you're a seeker because he knows if you do, you'll begin to find the very things that are promised to you in this book. So today, I want to help you get back to reminding you that you're a seeker. You know, when my kids were little, their favorite game was hide and seek. Free parenting advice for all the parents in the room. What's not to love about hide and seek? Number one, your kids hide. Number two, they're quiet whilst they hide. And number three, it's free. So we used to play it all the time. On this one particular occasion when our kids were younger, I was seeking. My kids were hiding. I have two children, Hope and Noah. And so they went off to hide. I'm, I'm searching the house. I find my daughter, Hope, pretty quickly. And so I found her. And after I found her, my phone rings. I go to answer the phone and it's a friend. She's in a crisis. She's telling me about the crisis. Now she's crying. I'm listening to all the situation. We're praying together. I hang the phone up and as I hang the phone up, the laundry starts singing. So now I go to the laundry and I'm taking the wet clothes out and I'm folding the dry clothes. 45 minutes later, I remember, wait a minute, I'm playing hide and seek and I only found one child. So I get back to the job of seeking and find my son has climbed underneath his bunk beds. And because mama forgot she was seeking and he's been waiting so long to be found, he has fallen fast asleep. And as I was writing this message, I felt the Holy Spirit remind me of that moment in my children's lives to say to you today, it's not that the miracle is not in the house and it's not that the blessing is not available to you and it's not that the dream is not gonna happen. You just stopped seeking and some things fell asleep for your future. Some destinies fell asleep. Some breakthroughs fell asleep. Some opportunities fell asleep because you forgot that you are a seeker. So I want to take you to a story in the Bible where an entire man's life is changed simply because he decides to seek. This man goes from being hidden to being found, from being confused to being clear, from being isolated to being included, from being a fraud to becoming a follower. His name is Zacchaeus. And his story is in Luke 19. In Luke 19, it begins this way. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Let me just stop right there. Don't be so quick to read your word. Seek your word. So much in here that we don't see because we won't take the time to seek. Bible's letting us know that Jesus is passing through. In other words, Jesus has no scheduled stop here. 
Jesus is not going to do a crusade here. He's not going to teach here. He's not planning to camp here or stay overnight here. He is simply passing through. And in the area where he's passing through, there is a man then by the name of Zacchaeus. And he lets us know that he was the chief tax collector and he was wealthy. In other words, he had everything the world tells you to seek in order to feel fulfilled. And yet he is empty. Verse 3 tells us this, that Zacchaeus decided that he wanted to see who Jesus was. Church, I have a question for you this morning. Do you want to see who Jesus is? Like, I'm not sure. Like, I I get to be with the church all across the globe regularly. And I have to tell you, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we actually want to see who Jesus is or whether we're just filling a seat on a Sunday to kind of get some credit in heaven that we tick the box called being a Christian. I don't know. I don't know if we're desperate to see him. Because I see some people desperate to watch their sports game or desperate to get the bargain at the mall. And I'm like, wow, that wasn't in you on Sunday. It wasn't in you about the things of God or the ways of God. I'm not sure we're as desperate as we amen and say, there's something that needs to awaken on the inside of the church to get back to the point where I'm so desperate. Do you know there's aspects of Jesus you've never seen? Do you know that? There's parts of Jesus that you've never experienced. There's a touch of heaven that you've never had yet. And it's there for those that are hungry and thirsty and want to seek after it with all their heart and mind. I decided years ago, (laughs) I'm happy to listen to your testimony. And I'm going to applaud for the way God showed up in your life. But I am not satisfied to applaud your testimony and not have one of my own. I want to be able to say, I've seen him as my deliverer. I've seen him as my provider. I've seen him as my healer. I've seen him as the one that brought back my prodigal. I've seen him as the restorer of my broken things. I'm telling you, we've got to get back where we want to seek to see. Zacchaeus decided, I want to see. I mean, I've heard this Jesus is coming through town, but I want to see. I think Zacchaeus was like, I want to see his shoe game. (laughs) I want to see what this Jesus' shoe game is like. I want to see how tall he is. I want to see how he acts around people. I want to see the way he carries it. I want to see with my own eyes who this Jesus is. As he gets ready to go and seek to see him, something happens. Same thing that happens in our lives when we decide we want to see. Your excuse will show up. He says Zacchaeus wants to see, but he was short. And all the short people said, that was your moment, short people. Let's be honest, you don't get many in church, so we'll just do it one more time because it may never come around again. And all short people said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Every issue is covered in the Bible. <laughs> Even short people issues, okay? He got you. Zacchaeus says, I want to see, 
but I'm shot. I want to see God restore my marriage, but I don't want anyone to know I have a marriage problem. (laughs) I want to see God break my addiction, but I don't want anyone to know I have an addiction. (laughs) I want to see God move me in that place to freedom, but I don't want anyone to know by my unforgiveness. (laughs) How desperate are you to see? See, many of us, we've chosen to live in proximity to our pain, which is why we can't see our future. We've chosen to live in proximity to our past, which is why we can't possess our promise. Where you choose to live is what you choose to see every single day. You can't experience freedom while you're living with pain. You can't experience blessing while you're living with the problem. You're going to have to make a decision. Which do I love most? Which do I want to see most? Do I want to see revenge? Do I want to see pain? Do I want to see my issue? Or do I want to see a saviour? And do I want to see breakthrough? And do I want to see freedom? I want to see, but. And so Zacchaeus, when he realizes there's something that can keep him from seeing, it says this, so Zacchaeus ran ahead of the crowd and he climbed a tree. And I want to say to you today, for some of you today, you need to climb a tree. You're going to have to climb a tree and get over something in order to see what it is that God needs you to see. And some of you, the tree's your pride. You're going to have to climb the tree called get over myself. Can I just say to you with all the love in my heart, you're not that great. There's some people sat near you that have wanted to say that to you for a long time. And it took an English sister from the other side of the world to come over and say, love you, but you're not all that great. You know what I'm saying? Like, like get over yourself because yourself is getting in the way of your miracle. Your pride and your ego is getting in the way of your breakthrough. What will people think is getting in the way of what God wants to speak over your life? And so you might have to just climb a tree. Climb a tree, whatever that tree is, and able to see Jesus. And so he climbs the tree of embarrassment and he climbs the tree of I'm short and this is embarrassing. He climbs a tree of I'm not sure anybody really wants me around here because he said to himself, today I've got to see. And as he climbs the tree, trying to get vantage point of this Jesus is simply passing through. The Bible says this, when Jesus reached the spot, what spot? I just told you a few verses earlier that Jesus is passing through. There is no spot. 
There is no spot where we're staying. There is no spot where we're speaking. There is no spot where we're crusading. We're passing through. There is no spot. But as Jesus is walking through a crowd of people, he knows that even though there are people everywhere, there is one that is desperate to see. And when Jesus knows in any given crowd, there's one that's desperate to see, he stops under the tree of the one who wants to see to let you know that I see you. I don't think Jesus had security. Okay, Jesus. Jesus, okay. Third tree on the right. Third tree on the right, wealthy man. Wealthy man up tree. Let's get him down the tree. We need an offering. Let's get an offering. And then we are out of here, Jesus. We're out of here. I don't think so. Jesus knew someone here is desperate to see me. He's in the room right now. He knows the ones that are desperate to see him. They don't care if they have to climb a tree to see him. Stands under the tree. Stops. Looks up. Says the most powerful thing. Zacchaeus! Wait a minute. He knows my name. Why did it matter that Jesus called his name? I'll tell you why. The name Zacchaeus means pure and innocent one. This man was anything but pure and innocent. He was lying and he was stealing and he was overtaxing and he was cheating Everyone in that crowd knew the man was a crook. And Jesus stands in front of everybody and shouts out loud, Pure and innocent one, I see you. Because when you seek to see him, he sees who he called you to be. He calls out of you what he placed in you. Some of you have no clue who you are because you've tried to get the job to give you your identity. You tried to get the money to give you the status. You tried to get the relationship to somehow make you feel you're that person or that man or that woman. There's only one who knows who you are because he created you in your mother's womb. And you've got to seek to see the one so that you can see who the one called you to be. Jesus says, I'm glad you seek to see me, but there's there's a next one step. Jesus was in Victory Church. That's the language he would use. (laughs) I want to give you a one step. See, I want to take you, Zacchaeus, from the treetop, but now I want to bring you to the tabletop. Because as good as it is to seek to see, for some of you, you got to take the next step. The one step for you is you got to seek to stay 
Oh, we don't like this one. This is where we get a little bit more ow than we do wow. You're like, I was good with the first point, English lady. The second one, you can move along. But can I tell you, 2023 for many of you was a year where you felt like nothing much changed. And can I tell you, 2024 is going to be exactly the same unless you take this step. The growth you are seeking is when you will come from the treetop and you will stay at the tabletop. Jesus is like, I'm glad you want to see me, but now I need to sit down with you and have a conversation with you because we got to take this to another layer and another level of connection. I've been with my husband 32 years. Can I tell you, there are times when I didn't want to stay. When Prince Charming was a little more like Shrek. (laughs) I have children heading towards their 20s. And you know what? They were so cute as babies. But then they realized they had limbs that could move and a mouth that worked. And and I realized I don't like you as much as I used to like you. (laughs) But I found out it's illegal to evict a five-year-old, so I had to stay. Immaturity abounds in a life that won't stay. Every time the conversation gets difficult, you run. Every time the church challenges you, you leave. Every time the circumstance is not to your liking, you go to another place to find something that's more to your liking and you wonder why your life is stuck and it's like revolving and all the time repeating, it's because you won't stay. It's only when you stay that you grow. That's why the Bible says planted in the house, you will flourish. Some of you are like, well, I tried that tithe thing once. It's not a slot machine. You know, put your money in and pull a lever and then God blesses you. No, your money has to stay in the soil in order to grow a harvest for your future. Every week, some of you hear the pastors say, hey, we'd love you to drop by the Connect team. Go say hi. We'd love you to go on the app and fill out your details. And you sit there and you say amen and you smile sweetly and inside you're going, I don't think so. I ain't giving no one my details because if I give you my details, now you know my name. If you know my name, you're going to ask me a question. I don't know know that I want you to ask me a question. So no, thank you. I'll stay in my treetop. I don't really want the tabletop. I'm not too embarrassed to tell you that (laughs) I still play hide and seek. Our kids are grown. Our friends' kids are grown. Every now and again, we'll all play hide and seek. We were playing it not so long ago, and I was at my friend's house, and I hid in the cupboard that she doesn't think anybody knows she has with all the junk in it. I went straight for that cupboard. I hid in there. I didn't just hide in that cupboard. I mean, I got down in the bottom of that cupboard. I put bags on top of me, shoes on top of me. I was hidden good. She opened those cupboard doors not once, not twice, four times. She opened those cupboard doors. I heard them open. She glanced inside, shut the door, said she's not there, moved on, came back, did it over and over. But if she just stayed for a few seconds longer, she would have seen things moving in the closet that should not move by themselves. 
she would have heard, because I was dying in there. But her impatience told her, what I'm looking for is not here. And I'm telling you, your impatience is robbing some of you of your blessing. Your impatience is stalling your maturity. Your impatience is not getting you to the place of your destiny. And if you just stay, if you just stay in the relationship, if you just stay for the hard conversation, if you just stay in past all the feelings that want you to run, that always get the better of you, I'm telling you, you would find the very miracle that you think is removed from you. It's not removed from you. It may right now be hidden a little deeper from you, but if you'll stay. We took our kids to Rome last summer. And when we were in Rome, it felt like on every street corner, there was a tourist shop selling trinkets. And I became aware that across the street from every tourist shop, there was like tape letting you know, don't walk here. Because underneath the soil, there's something we think is valuable. And people were excavating and they were digging. And so on one side of the road, there's a tourist shop and I can go and buy me a trinket of Rome. And right opposite, there's a site where people are digging, trying to find actual treasure. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, that's my church. There's a generation that have got so used to trinkets, they don't realize they're supposed to dig for treasure. That podcast, as great as it is, it's a trinket. If it's not your revelation that you dug down deep to get, it's someone else's. And so in your life, it's a trinket, it's not treasure, which is why when you have a fridge magnet on your refrigerator telling you that he's the anchor that will hold you in the storm, but you definitely are not holding in no storm right now, it's because the fridge magnet can't save you. It's only the revelation that can save you. And in order to get revelation, you're going to have to dig. Some of you are like, ooh, I can't believe that this is all in the story of Zacchaeus. I just thought it was a little short guy going up a tree. Exactly. Exactly. Because we come to the Word and we're like, oh, I know that one. Oh yeah, I know about David and Goliath. Oh yeah, I know about Zacchaeus of Petri. Oh yeah, I know about Pine the Red Sea. Oh yeah, I know about those Psalms. I-, I heard it before. No, there's treasure in here that you have never found. There's treasure in here that you have never, ever seen. But in order to get the treasure, you have to get out, as it were, the shovel, and you have to be willing to dig. Digging is hard, and it takes work, and it takes discipline. But boy, when you hit gold, it's going to be worth every moment that you invested in it. It's time for some of you to stay. Stay in the Word. Stay in prayer. Stay in community. Stay in that commitment. Stay. I know your marriage doesn't feel good right now. Stay. I know your kids are not where you want them to be right now. Stay. Seek. Zacchaeus, if this is going to work, 
You're going to have to come from out of that tree. And you're going to have to come to the table. We're going to have to make eye contact. And we're going to have to have a conversation. Why did Jesus not leave him in the tree? Why did Jesus rearrange his entire schedule to go sit with a man at a table? Because Jesus knew the third thing would happen. And the third thing that happened in Zacchaeus is the thing that will happen in you if you do this too. See, when you seek to see and you seek to stay, something in you seeks to stand. Verse 8. Verse 8 happens. What I'm about to read to you doesn't happen because Jesus tells Zacchaeus to do this. It doesn't happen because the disciples twist his arm to do this. It doesn't happen because of the pressure that he's feeling in the room. This happens by Zacchaeus, all by himself. He can't help himself. He suddenly stands up and says, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. What's happening? The real Zacchaeus is starting to stand up. The more he's around the truth, the more he realises I'm not that guy. I am not a liar. I am not a cheat. I am not that guy. There's something in me that wants to stand. And I'm telling you, 2024 is the year where some of you need to stand. You need to stand as the man of God He's called you to be. Stand as the woman of God He's called you to be. Can I tell you something, be really honest with you? I am a fully blown introvert. Complete introvert. This is my worst nightmare. You're like, well, what are you doing up there? Exactly. What am I doing up here? All I can tell you is I was seeking to see. So desperate. And as I was seeking to see, I began to seek to stay. And the more I stayed, the more something in me wanted to stand. And I read verses like, well, if you don't open your mouth, the rocks will cry out. And I'm like, wait a minute, no rock is going to outdo this girl. Some of you have been coming to this church for a long time. Been to small groups for a long time. But you never led one. Sat in a seat every Sunday for a long time, but never stood in the parking lot serving on a team. I'm telling you, there's something in you that needs to stand. There's a leader in you that needs to stand. There's a servant in you that needs to stand. Some of you have been in the same office block for the last 18 months and you've been sat having lunch in the canteen with people telling you about the dysfunctional marriage, the cancer in their body, their sick, addicted child, and you've listened and you've listened, but you've not spoken up. It's time to stand. He didn't put you there just to sit and listen. He put you there to be the light and the hope and an answer and a prayer warrior. You gotta stand. You are not your failure. 
And you are not your past. And you are not all those labels that life has tried to attach to you. The real Zacchaeus in you wants to rise up. The real Zacchaeus in you wants to stand up. And the more you seek Him, the more you'll stand for Him. So I don't know today where this finds you, but I know it finds you. There's a one step for you today. For some of you, it's to get over your excuse and climb a tree. For others of you, it's to come out of the tree and start to stay. And for others, it's for you to begin to stand. So all across the house, I want us to stand to our feet. I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes for a moment, right where you are. Just like the passage I read, Jesus is passing through. He always is. He's always passing through where His people are gathered. He's always presencing Himself in a place where we come together in His name. And as He's passing through, maybe there's a part of your journey, a part of your story that needs to seek again. He knows the difference. He knows where the seekers are. So whether today is a day for you to seek to see, seek to stay, or seek to stand, in this moment, in this atmosphere, just begin to lean into His presence. God, you see every person in this room right now. You know their journey, you know their story. You know their problem, you know the addiction, you know the pain, and you know the frustration. I pray today for a fresh sense of seeking. I pray today we get so desperate to see you, we don't care what we look like. We climb whatever tree it takes. I pray we get so desperate to become more like you. We'd sit at any table you need us to, God, and stay. And I pray that the more that we seek you, the more that what is in us begins to stand for you. God, I thank you that when we seek, and when we draw near, God, you find and you draw near to us. With every eye closed, there's one last thing I want to say. Where are you, Zacchaeus? See, Zacchaeus, he was lost. He was far from knowing who this Jesus was. And many of you are in the room today and you're just like Zacchaeus, you're lost. Lost in your own busyness, lost in your own agenda, lost in maybe your sin. But the end of this story is so beautiful and I'm gonna read it as your eyes are closed. Because as Zacchaeus stands, Jesus says these words. Today, salvation has come to this house. For the Son of Man 
came to seek and save the lost. The very nature of our heavenly Father is that He is a seeker. He can't help Himself. He's always seeking. He's always looking. He's always searching for even if there's just one that needs me to stop and call to them. And today, He's seeking everyone that's lost. And if you would say, that's me today. I have been running from God or I have made some bad mistakes or I am a prodigal or I just need salvation. I'm gonna ask you in this closing moment as eyes are closed, if that is you, I want you to put your hand in the air. Why put a hand in air? Because that's climbing a tree. It's saying, you know what? I don't care what anyone thinks. And I don't care. I've been held back so long by what people think. I tried it my way. It has not worked. But I refuse to do this year like I did last year. God, I need you. Would you stop under my tree? Would you see me? God, when you see me, would you call to me who I really am? Because I'm so confused right now who I really am. God, would you call out of me what you placed in me? God, would you see in me what only you can see in me? God, would you stop? Stop him right now in every place where that hand is raised. He's looking you right in the eyes, as it were. He's saying, hey, son. Hey, daughter. Hey, beloved. Hey, chosen, I love you. I don't judge you. I'm not angry with you. I'm not mad at you. I have been seeking you. So God, right now, I thank you in this moment for salvation. I thank you in this moment for forgiveness. I thank you in this moment under every tree you are stopping and you are embracing every lost prodigal. You're saying to them, welcome home. You're calling them from that place where they've been lost for so long into a place where they are found in you. I thank you today for identities to be secured. I thank you today for healing and I thank you today for wholeness. I thank you today for a brand new start. For when we seek you, we find you. And today I thank you that in this house is salvation because you came to seek and save the lost. And we give you all the glory and we give you all the honor and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.